We've teamed up with SeatGeek this season to get you the best deals for tickets to your favorite teams. SeatGeek takes the confusion out of buying tickets, and they're here to give you some great deals. Get in on the fun and head over to SeatGeek, download their app, and use code NCAA Hoops Digest for $20 off your first purchase. This podcast is presented by House Enterprise and in partnership with House of College Hoops. Head over to our site, house-enterprise.com, for more info. Welcome back, everyone. Dinga and Rosa, a House Enterprise House of College Hoops podcast. Thank you to Matt St. Jean for the ad read at the open. Uh, Michael DeRosa is here with me. I am Chris Thedinga. Michael, how are you? You know, banging in there. Doing. Uh, we got a week left, so just got to get through this week. Just got to get through it. One week. Uh, next Monday, the 6th, uh, the headliner there is Kansas State uh, against USC. Um some news around K-State right now. Naquan Tomlin, who is a, a projected starter for, for Kansas State down low, uh, suspended indefinitely. Michael, do we have any other information we want to hit on, hit on with Tomlin? And how does that impact both that game from betting perspective and then also moving forward for K-State? Yeah, the betting perspective, I tended to lean K-State in that spot. I leaned the underdog in a neutral-sided game early season against a team with a lot of freshmen. Just made sense to me. Yeah. Tomlin's loss changes that completely. He, I feel like he was their main matchup advantage in that game was the wing who could do almost anything. You have size. USC doesn't really have a ton of size, especially not size and athleticism that Tomlin has on the wing. You lose that. Then it comes down to the guard battle between Tyler Perry and Quez Glover, two undersized guards, but like very talented versus Boogie Ellis and Isaiah Collier. One undersized guard who's very talented and one guard who was the number one player in the country. That it just kind of changes the way I look at that matchup. Now I, yeah. I lean USC fairly strongly at three. Uh, I'll have to do more research on it, of course. Dig into it once you know vibes in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and Tomlin, if he's out for a long time, I think my Kansas State ranking would go even lower. And I had him pretty low compared to like everyone else. I just I think he was the dimension to this team that I was highest on in adding something else. I love Tyler Perry, of course. We we both love Tyler Perry, but I feel like he added something to this team this year that was much needed. That last year he was kind of getting the swing of things, but this year he would have like been ten toes down. And if he's not, I I really think that hurts this team long term quite a bit. I, I, they need him because one knock on them was their interior depth. Uh, if Masood was still there, maybe uh, things would be a little bit different. But yeah, there's just not a lot behind him that. Man, this a loss, a loss like of a big guy like him this close to the start of the season. Like that could be detrimental. You could drop three out of five games against your first five like real opponents, and then yeah. um, we'll we'll see. But uh, I, I believe I had K State fourth in the Big Twelve. Now, yeah, probably trending more towards fifth or sixth. Uh, outside of the K State news, uh, Wake Forest we'll get into, but I do want to hit it at the top here. Uh, Efton Reed. Uh, the NCAA just inquired for for Wake Forest to send over more documentation about Weeb's or Reed's um, uh, waiver. So we'll see. We don't really know his eligibility as of now. He couldn't play, so that certainly impacts Wake Forest. But I, Michael, I don't want to. I went into my rating thinking Efton Reed will be on Wake Forest's team, so that's how I rated them. 
Really? I went into it not expecting him to be on the team. Okay. Okay. Judging You're going to be right. Out, but Yeah. I, I might even have had Wake Forest higher than you did. And if you, I don't know the rankings, you know them, I don't. And if I had them higher and you had them with Efton Reed and I did not, that'd be pretty, pretty goofy. And I'd like that. I am not exceptionally high on Wake Forest even with him, but we will get there. Uh, the one other noteworthy item is the NIT announced some changes to their format. Uh, Michael, I'm going to turn it over to you. What are the rule changes and, and what are your thoughts moving forward on the tournament? Basically what they're doing, and this is so stupid that it doesn't make sense, is that instead of the auto bid going to a team who gets a one seed but doesn't win their conference tournament, like a Utah Valley last year. Were they one seed in their conference tournament? Something yes. like that. Like one of those type teams. Instead of it going to them, it's just they're like, all right, change plans. It's going to go to the two highest non-tournament teams from power conferences in the net, which makes so little sense already. Just to start, that's such a goofy way to do it. Then we add to it the fact that they're trying to take the mid-majors out of March. What makes March March? Cinderella's, the mid-majors. We learned that in, what, what was it, 92? When Kirill almost beat Georgetown? God versus Georgetown? I mean... Dick Vitale was like, yeah, I'll dress up in a little thing. I'll get a get up. That was a huge thing. They We yeah. saved March then. Why are we failing the same lessons we had 30 years ago? Mid-majors make March. And not only that, a team like North Carolina last year, right? They would have made the NIT, right? They mm -hmm. would have. They chose not to play in it because they want to rehaul. You want to change everything, get some guys out of there. And maybe some teams like that in that case would want to fire their coach fuck would you want to be why would you take the nit bid that right. doesn't mean shit to you it means nothing fuck it we'll just go into next year but now i don't know i really don't know what they see but the mid-majors that's everything to them north texas winning an nit that's a that's a huge banner for that program that means a lot you would be yeah. making a title game there that even means something for that program it, it's it's baffling it makes no fucking sense and i wasn't gonna really watch the nit anyway so good luck yeah, that's the thing. Um, it the 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 high major coaches are going to use it more of like a training ground for next year, even if they accept yeah. their bid. Right, they're playing freshmen, playing guys that didn't play that much during the season. Um, people with NBA draft hopes certainly aren't going to no. risk risk their bodies in in the NIT a lot of times. So it's it's a no win change to me. Like I don't know what they're trying to do. I mean, obviously it's it's monetarily based, but it's yeah, it's it's frustrating. It's certainly not good for the sport. We can leave it there, but um, yeah, unfortunate. Also, if you're a fan of a team, a shitty team, all things considered, I know this. I'm a fan of a lot of shitty teams, and you celebrated this news because it's more likely that your team can make the NIT. That is the most bitch made shit of all time. That is so bitch made. You yeah. you either earn the spot or you don't. And if you have to be gifted rules to make it, that's cowardly in my eyes. That's bitch made and. I know this because I mean, uh, teams I'd take an NIT bid, but like, I want to earn it. I don't want it to be given to me. Agreed. Um, okay. Well, today we are talking about the ACC. Uh, we'll get into our rankings here. Um, I will preface by saying the first half of things, Michael, we're pretty, Michael hasn't seen the rankings, by the way, we're pretty similar. Uh, the second half, the top five, I believe um, a little bit spread out. So we will hmm. see. What happens there? I think you're going to get mad at me for a few things, but we'll see what happens. Um, Interesting. So we'll start out here, and it, we we start out with a tie. We start out with a tie, 
uh, with a 14.5 cumulative uh, Louisville and Notre Dame. I had Notre Dame last. Michael had Louisville last. And then we flopped who's 14th. Um, let's start with the Cardinals and Kenny Payne. And the, the question I guess I want to ask to you there, it's going to be Kenny Payne's second season. What does he have to do to keep his job and, and go into year three? What? I honestly, I think if he wins like seven or eight conference games, I think he's fine and he'll have his job. And seven or eight. Yeah, and it's like, going to be tough. <laughs> and you can't, maybe even you can get away with six if you win like a big one. And you can't lose to any like mid-majors. You can't lose to like your one of your first three opening games. You can't do that. You just have to win all the games you should, win a couple games in league, show some progress, and be like, yeah, you can you can get the next year. Like you have talented freshmen okay. on this team. But. Yeah, they bring in some good freshmen. They bring in Sky Clark, who uh, who transfers from Illinois and left Illinois in the middle of the season, and also Trey White, who's a guy from USC that I think has some some high potential. They do lose, you know, nearly everyone in their starting lineup. L. Ellis is gone. Jalen Withers is gone. Those are the two uh, main names. Maybe that's not the worst thing. This team was absolutely horrific last year, two and eighteen in the conference, last in the ACC. Um, Michael. And I hate to even call it a ceiling because I mean, I, I mean they're not getting high. But what's the what's the best version of this team, and what does it look like? The best version of this team. This team has a ton of talent. You just learn how to play together, and uh, you're well coached. And <laughs> what you can middle of the league. Okay, they're not well coached, and I don't think the talent fits together. And there are a couple of guys in this roster I don't trust. So I had them DFL. I had them DFL very confidently. And I do not think we see year three of Kenny Payne. Yeah, for the record, I don't either. Even though I have him 14th, I flopped just because the talent to me is a lot better than Notre Dame, even with the coaching uh, downgrade. Sky Clark is an interesting piece. He Before he left Illinois, seven points a game and just about four rebounds um, as, as a point guard. Can shoot it okay, pretty quick you know, mildly decent defender. Um, I don't know. That's a piece that could potentially be serviceable in this, in this conference. And then yeah, partnered in the backcourt with, with Mike James, who was there last year, 10 point per game guy. Um, they're going to shoot the ball. Okay. And that'll keep them in games for the most part. I think they're talented. Like sky clerk is talented uh, for, I don't expect huge things out of him just because I didn't love what I saw at Illinois and like the D commit from Kentucky commit to Illinois, who like does not run a good system for a point guard like Zach Clark and just wasn't great at Illinois. He didn't fit that roster at all. And I feel like they were better when he wasn't on the court than when he was. And, but I don't know if Kenny Pickett's the guy to like boost his confidence and be like, nah, Sky, you are the guy. Like, remember who you were in high school. You are the guy. Go out there and prove it. I don't feel like Kenny Pickett's going to get there. Kenny Payne is going to get that out of him. Kenny Pickett sucks too, uh, but that's a different conversation <laughs> for a different day. I kind of like Kenny Pickett though. I'm a sucker. You like Kenny Pickett? Yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm a sucker for the Steelers. I love their like voodoo magic of just like somehow staying competitive in games that they have no business being competitive in and winning. Um, Louisville was 209th in Ken Palm last year. Uh, the preseason Ken Palm rating is significantly higher. It's around 100. Under. Under. Well, yes, agreed. Under. And, and even Pomeroy would say it's just because of uh, past success of the program that kind of raises the number a little bit, whatever. But um, yeah, if, if you could find an over-under like 
Okay, Michael, here you go. Over under 150th in Ken Palm this year. Under. Really? You're th- is sub 200 team again? They won't be able to defend. No, I don't trust Payne to coach any defense. I don't trust this roster. I feel like everything, when it blows up, it will not blow up like slowly. When it blows up, it will just be bad. It won't be like tilting to like, ooh, maybe, maybe this volcano, it's just going to blow immediately. Uh, I think when it gets bad, it will get worse. Kenny Payne could be fired midseason, honestly. Uh, there's Yo, a mark in the NFL of like first coach fired. If there was that in college basketball, Kenny Payne should probably be minus like 400. High, mid, mid uh, high major, excuse me, high major coaches only. Cause like mid major, okay. you never know what could happen, but like right. high yeah. major coaches only minus four, minus 500. I don't know about that. I, I think um, I mean, if he what? survived two the year two, just because of how abysmal they were last year. I think uh, as long as they don't get just embarrassed, he makes it to the end of the season. I really have to see what other coaches like could get fired midseason. Like I feel like he, he could just lose like three games, and they're just like, all right, fuck this. They fired Mac, like, and they fired Mac midseason too. They'll that do it. Weird. That was a weird deal. Um, yeah, I think they probably regret that choice. But moving on now to Notre Dame, who uh, who I had last. Michael, I have them last because there's just no talent here, in, in my opinion. They bring over a couple transfers, Tay Davis from, from Seton Hall, Julian Roper from Northwestern, um, and then they're going to be starting a couple freshmen in the backcourt. I don't know. Like they lose, The only good pieces about this team, who was also garbage last year, uh, were Cormac Ryan and J.J. Starling to me, and they're both gone. Um, Lazuski's also gone. They were three and 17 in conference, just one game better than Louisville. And they get a significant downgrade in talent. Whereas Louisville, I think stays similarly talented. Um, I know Shrewsbury comes in and he's great. Like he's a good coach. I think we both agree with that, but, uh, how, how do you get him out of the cellar? Do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? That Shrewsbury is a good coach? Good. Yeah. I think it is bonkers how high people are on him i think it's insane he he hasn't uh, i don't know he'll, he'll have to prove it to me on this level um at penn state he was good penn state was good and he had jalen pickett and when you have one of the best players in in college basketball it's not that hard to be decent but were we talking about jalen pickett as one of the best players in college basketball when he committed to was it pat chambers in penn state well no but i mean i don't think that's shrewsbury like just carving out a, a diamond i think it was already there okay yeah because we weren't and we weren't when he was at sienna and granted i loved him uh but i assume you did too i, I know you well enough yeah. you, you know your shit but yeah you're right this roster isn't very talented like just flat out you are correct i'm not going to dispute that but i like truce i think he can get something out of keba jai Tay Davis is fine carrie booth uh top 60 talent sure you'll have guys to develop you have like a core for the future uh, but this is the present, not the future. Um, yeah, you're just going to have to hit a ton of threes. Kind of hope it works out. And they got a good recruiting class coming in for 24. Uh, Sir Muhammad, son of Nazi Muhammad, who like... Mm-hmm. Nazi Muhammad was in the NBA for like five ever. I remember playing with him on 2K. High basketball IQ can pass the ball. More of a lead guard. So like he'll kind of... If they have a Jalen Pickett in the next like three years, it is Sir Muhammad. And if I get that right on this podcast, what episode whatever of Dinga and DeRosa and he becomes the next Jalen Pickett. I want my flowers. And then some, I will be claiming my credit. I'm just getting that out there right now. 
Uh, and then they got two shooters around him, uh, 6'5", uh, Cole Serta, and uh, 6'11", Garrett Sandra. But this is not 2024. This is the 2023 season, and uh, I think they'll be very bad. And I had them 14th, and I think I had a significant tier gap between 14 and 13. Yeah, uh, I, there's kind of two big tier gaps to me, and one is right after these two, and, and one's kind of, I think it's at the six range. Um, we'll get there as well. Uh, but one, one last, I guess, note is I, I listened to Shrewsbury talk and he was really high on Burton, Marcus Burton, a freshman. Uh, he's, he's a smaller kid, like 5'10". Um, we'll see. He says he, he can get to these really fast, one of the faster people he's ever coached. So we'll see. I don't know. Um, maybe he's awesome. <laughs> if Shrewsbury gets this roster like top 10 in this conference, maybe even like top half, do we put him in there for ACC coach of the year? If he gets this roster top half of the ACT, he can. He's the best coach of all time. This is a horrific. This is the worst Power Five roster to me. Like this, they're garbage. Oregon State. No. Really, I would, I would rather have the Oregon State roster. Really, I would not. Better interior, more shooting. I, I mean, this shooting. I disagree with the more shooting part, and I might disagree with the better interior part too. Honestly, I think Kebajai is better than Chol Mario. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, really tossing hay, like it, yeah. I mean, who cares, right? But uh, this team is not getting top hat, top half. It's no chop. Yeah, no I shot. agree with you. Uh, moving on to thirteenth now is wow. the Pitt Panthers. Uh, we both had Pitt thirteenth. Yeah, Michael, I'll let you start with Pitt. I don't know. Hey, they made they won an NCAA tournament game. They do lose a lot, but it was kind of hard for me to put them put them thirteenth. But they just kind of ended there. I agree with everything you said. I did not actually expect you to put Pitt uh, 13th. I thought that was one where uh, you were going to have him a lot higher and you were going to end up being correct. So I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of happy that you had him in the same spot I did. They're solid inside. Diaz Grandbrothers are solid. Federico and Blake Hinson, 15 and 6, can shoot threes, can't really do much else. Uh, but his three-point percentage was like 38 40%, so he's good. I, I wrote three and D guy, and then I crossed out the D because he doesn't really play any defense. Uh, and then you look at the guards. They lose all four guards from a season ago, and they were all senior guards. They bring in Ishleggett. I really like Ishleggett's game. Attacks the rim very well. Good scorer. I think he's got a better jump shot than the numbers say, the percentages say. I think he's very good. I think he's really talented. But you are asking Ishleggett to replace the production of Jamarius Burton, Nelly Cummings, Nike Sabande, and Greg Elliott. Those guys all could shoot. They were all veterans, and they all were very good with the ball, very smart. And Pitt won a lot of close games as a result of that. Pitt won a ton of close games. Now you are asking Ishleggett, and two freshmen to do exactly that, win a lot of close, fluky games, and I just don't see it. I'm not very high on this pit team. I don't think Capel's all that great of a coach. I just think they won a lot of close games, and then the tournament hit, and what? I think the first-round game, they like they kind of like fluked into a win, and then they beat an Iowa State team that had like guys get sick the day before. Yeah, an Iowa State team that shot like I think four percent like three for yeah three for like twenty two from three or something stupid. Um, yeah, I think they missed like their first like twelve shots, and it's like all right, this game's over now. Right, and hey, Capel, I will grant him this going into last year. I I would have thought, hey, Jeff Capel is one of the worst uh, power six coaches, but um, he did a fine job last year. This yeah. year, it's a different challenge. Zach Austin and uh, yeah, Ishlaget or legend or whatever, however you pronounce his name. Um, 
a transfer from Rhode Island and High Point are going to be your two main shooters who only at that level only shot a combined 32% from, from deep. Um, not that inspiring. <laughs> You're relying on the freshmen, and one of them is a skilled freshman, very right-hand dominant, but like he was a late-blooming prospect, and it's more of a ceiling, like more of a long-term guy than a right-now guy. The other one's a lefty who um, smooth jumper doesn't seem to get sped up a ton, but again, he's a freshman compared to, I mean, what, who they were. It was Nelly Cummings who was one of the. I think he had like an he had an excellent assist turnover ratio last year. You're not getting yeah. that this year, and that was that veteran calming leadership that able that really willed them to winning a ton of close games. Mm-hmm. I I think if their close game record was flipped, which I think it could be this year, they would finish around the bottom of that conference. And here we are. Next, we have a tie between NC State and Boston College. The cumulative there was 11.5. Um, we just flopped. Who had him 12th? Who had him 11th? Let's start with NC State, uh, who I think we are both a little bit lower on than the general consensus. Most people would have them in the 7-8 to eight range in the conference. We'd have them 11th and 12th. Um, they lose the backbone of their team, which is Jarkel Joyner and Terquavion Smith. Those guys averaged 17 and 18 points a game, respectively. And now, you know, that you replace them with Jaden Taylor, a guy from Butler that... Attraction. Yeah, like he just, he, he, I mean, he's, he played on a really bad team and was not that efficient there. And then DJ Horn, a guy from Arizona State who I'm not super confident in offensively either. Uh, their whole, Michael, their whole entire philosophy on offense was just letting the backcourt players create. And if they, if Keats stays with that philosophy, it's not going to work this year. They don't have the skill. So, um, yeah, what do you think about NC State? Turk Smith is an NBA caliber player. He would have been a first round pick had he not chosen to return to NC State. Jaden Taylor, for he's been working on his game hard. I know that. Uh, I'll give him credit there. He just, him and Butler were not a good fit in the end. Uh, he just kind of drifted apart from everyone else and just kind of went on his own and started jacking up mid range jumpers. So that's not going to work long term, all things considered. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, DJ Horn, you mentioned it. He's not the same level as. Dirk Smith or Jarkel Joyner, Michael O'Connell isn't, and what? You need these guys to be excellent, and all things considered, you're going to have a lot of mid-range jumpers and efficient shots, and TJ Burns inside is good. He's fun. He's fun to watch. He's not good defensively. Jaden Taylor cannot guard threes. He might have to play three, and I really don't think this team's going to be good defensively at all. I think they're going to struggle rebounding. I don't think they're going to be very good defensively, and they'll have some games where they go crazy they have that offensive potential to just go nuts on a game. But at the same time, I don't think they're going to be very consistent. Yeah. Uh, I'm fairly surprised you agree with me on this take too, frankly, but uh, I think your opinion is correct. (laughs) Well, DJ, DJ Burns is like a fun guy and came over from Winthrop a couple years ago and he was fun there. Uh, He can't really defend. He's super slow and he can only play 22, 23 minutes a game because he's like, he's just, he doesn't have the stamina. Um, and also, if, if he's your big that is going to guard the best players on, on the team down low, good luck. How's the how's that? How's he going to guard Filipowski? When Duke plays NC State, I will take Duke whatever the spread is because Filipowski can get by Burns whenever he wants. And then when Ben Middlebrooks comes in uh, off the bench to replace Burns, he's not strong enough. Like the the big the good bigs in this league are going to have a field day against NC State. Yep, hundred percent. It's just, just I, I don't like this team much. Uh, I hope MJ Rice is really good. Though. He was fun to watch in high school and is really talented. But he might have played four. 
and I yeah. don't think he's a four. No, six five. No. It'll it'll be Diara probably at the four, which yeah. he's kind of raw from Missouri as well. I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I I do not think very highly of this team, and this could be Keats's last year in my mind. Wow, I mean it's possible they underperformed last year with the talent. Uh, speaking of a team that uh, has not been great of late, Boston College was also tied in our poll with uh, with NC State. Boston College went nine and eleven, which was good for tenth in the league last year. Uh, they lose Kai Ashton Langford, Demar Langford, both guys, you know, average to combine for twenty points a game. Uh, the big one here, Michael, is Quentin Post is back, seven footer. He's finally healthy. He was kind of banged up almost all of last year. Uh, Post is really good. He, he, I mean, he th- I think he could be a, a second team all ACC type yeah. guy. Uh, but outside of him, what are the what are the pieces that like <laughs> are good enough to to bring them in the top almost half of the conference? Zachary. Sure. Fine. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Chaz Kelly the third is also a very cool college basketball name. Might be going under the radar. Might be the best name in this conference. It's up there. But yeah. Uh, slow-paced defensive team. I just think they'll be in a lot of close games, and that means they'll have to win some of them. Um, this is a very hard place to win at BC, just at least recently. Yeah, post is BC mentioned after 15-5 and five on 53-42-84 splits. So the guy can play. He's, he's legit, and you just need something around him. I don't know if they have a ton, but I know they'll defend enough. I know they're playing slow games, and what? They have a three-person freshman class with a redshirt, and then they have four sophomores on this team. This team is much better projecting into the next few years. This year, they'll be fine. Probably as good as they were last year, which got them 10th, but like a kind of low-key, fluky 10th. Maybe it won't be like as fluky in 11th place as we have them this year. But Yeah. 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 Uh, I guess the, a fun piece coming over from Charleston Southern is Claude Harris. Um, he could provide some, some scoring juice maybe. Yeah. But yeah, like the, the ceiling's not incredibly high. Um, we'll see how BC does there. Their coach did just get an extension. So, I mean, I don't know. Earl Grant, congrats. You got to kind of prove it now, though, with yeah. limited NIL in that situation as well. Um, moving on to 10th in the conference now, Florida State, who I had 10th, you had 9th. Oh boy, where to begin on a team that the last couple of years I have just been way off the mark on. And like I thought they'd be fine last year and, and they were absolutely terrible. Um they were seven and thirteen, twelfth in the ACC, nine and twenty-three overall. That's right. They went two and ten in non-conference play, and they lose their two best players, Matt Cleveland and, and Caleb Mills. Um Baba Miller comes back who who's kind of a fun exciting player at 611 and can move and shoot it a little bit um i don't know like i i put him this high just because of the talent um but it didn't work last year like it, they certainly won't be that much better if they're better uh, than they were last year what do you think of the seminoles yeah they're a weird weird team what i mean i like robin miller I think if they're going to be good, it's because Boba Miller is really good. I'm moving my camera around. I, my laptop is like, it's either really on point or really off. It's been really off. So I'm like trying to like check if it's doing well. Uh, but yeah, Boba Miller, I feel like is kind of the guy that will make this team go. Like, I feel like if this team is really good, it's because of Boba Miller. If this team is bad, it's because he didn't project 
uh, develop into that guy that he really can be. Yeah. I think one thing with this team for me is they don't have a point guard. I think well, their best chance is for Baba Miller to be a point guard. I think that is their best chance. And where I think he can do it because he has legit guard skills. And the thing I've loved about Florida State is that they would be able to switch everything one through five. They had the length, versatility, athleticism, all that. They might have that this year. They might not. I don't know. It, the Yeah, I don't know. Um. It is worth noting that Primo Spears is not officially officially denied a waiver. Uh, he could really change this team if he was able to play. He averaged 16 a game last year at Georgetown. Uh, if he can run the point, then I think that kind of changes things a little bit. Uh, so we'll see. But overall, the Seminoles, to me, the ceiling is probably 7th or 8th. The floor, I don't know, 12th. It's, it's a low range of outcomes to me. I honestly think they'd be better without Primo. Whoa. No. I do. How? Um, I don't see how a six foot three inch. You like, by the way, you like that? Sw- how slyly I switched out my computer and phone. It's really you didn't nice. That at all. You, I did. No one noticed that. It was invisible. <laughs> I don't see how he fits this team. I like Primo. I do. He's a two. He's a combo guard. He is not a point guard. And not only that. He got into a fight in the locker room with Nickelberry, Kevin Nickelberry last season. You want to know who's the assistant who recruited him to Florida State? Kevin Nickelberry. I don't know how. Yeah. But he's not a point guard. And I really think that adding a guy who's best from the mid-range as a guy who's what? If you're going to run him at the one, he's going to take the ball out of Papa Miller's hands. He's going to take the ball out of Jaden Laurie's hands. He's going to take the ball out of Cameron Fletcher's hands, who was one of your best players last year. Take the ball out of Cameron Fletcher's hands. That's good. That's fine. I don't know. I, this team, I just don't, I want to have them higher because I like the long switchability. And I think they're finally getting back to that. I really do. But I can't, I, you need Baba Miller to really be the point guard of this team. I think that's their ceiling. Honestly. I, I Primo's not a point guard. He's a great scorer. He's a good two. I think I tr- really think if he wants to play well at the college level on a winning team, which keep in mind in his two college teams, he's been on Duquesne and Georgetown. Who I don't know if they've combined for double digit wins. And he had his birthday party planned for the Friday of March Madness. So he clearly did uh, Big East Tournament Friday. Excuse me. So he did not plan to win a game in the Big East Tournament. So yeah, I like. I think Primo's very talented to his credit. I think he's a very good offensive player and i think he'll be better in an organized system i just don't know if florida state's an organized system i don't i tend to think it's not honestly at this point i think this team just this could be the last year of leonard hamilton man how the how the mighty have fallen he would have been uh, yeah. for my money one of the better coaches in college basketball three years ago terrence man jonathan isaac Length, athleticism, those guys could really move the ball. They could do everything. You could guard one through five with everyone. You switch everything. You just fuck with teams. They're a matchup nightmare. You need Baba Miller to be that guy who can be that matchup nightmare, who can defend all those positions. And you got shooters around him like Darren Green can hit shots. Kim Fletcher can dunk. That's kind of cool. Uh, Josh Nickelberry, I actually really like. I think he's pretty talented, and I think he could add something, almost translate like kind of one for one on this team. But and Jalen Ganey inside is there, who was former Ivy League depoy. You'd know more about him than I. Does he like do anything at this level? Uh, not really. I okay. don't know. Ganey, like, he's just he, some Ivy League transfers 
come up and I, I think they're going to do it. Like Jordan Diggle comes up. I yeah. thought he'd do great. Uh, Llewellyn goes to Michigan after a transfer from Princeton. I thought he'd do great. Uh, if Tosan, instead of going to the NBA, had decided to transfer up somewhere, he would have done great. Ganey, I, I, I just don't, I don't know. I don't see, I don't think his body translates super well. Yeah. And I think they would need him to be their interior five. And I don't think he's very switchable on multiple positions. So yeah, I don't know. I, Maybe Jalen Worley's their one. He's an athletic ass guard, but I don't yeah, know. I, I, don't just, know. We'll I have too many questions, and I need to wait and see. But if Baba Miller's the truth, this team could actually be like decent. Mm-hmm. Oh sure, and it's Florida State. I mean, they have they have the resources to be good. But moving on to ninth now, Georgia Tech. I have them a little bit higher than you. Nine cumulative. I had them eighth. Michael had them Ow. tenth. Uh, yeah, I'm a little bit higher on, on Georgia tech. I thought I was high on Georgia tech. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, honestly, like, I think they would be my sneaky, sneaky team that, Hey, if everything goes right, this team really could be like a tournament team. Damon yeah. Stoudemire. I'm a big fan of, uh, I know it's year one and we'll see what happens, but, uh, from everything I have heard, I think he could be a, a truly a really, really good fit here. They don't lose that much david smith is is the david smith is the guy that goes to utah um outside of that none of the pieces that left are are really too good and um abram coming in i think could be a really good really good spot for him he transferred from mississippi they bring some guys back um i don't know lance terry miles kelly on the wings both can shoot it right around 40 percent from three like there's there's some intrigue there. I don't know. Uh, I get more excited about this team with a, a brand new coach starting from scratch than let's say Florida State, who have just kind of fell off the edge of the earth in the last three or four years. Yeah, I agree. Honestly, uh, aside from I mean, I had Florida State higher, but like I I am more excited about Georgia Tech, so I agree there. Uh, yeah, you mentioned it. They return four of their top five scores. Miles Kelly and Lance Terry is a good core for a new coach. I agree with mm-hmm. you. I think this team is kind of a sleeper in this conference. You add Sturdivant and Coleman to the returners. So, like, you get some of, like, that toughness, grit, all that sort of stuff. Like, you can build something off those guys. And, yeah, you mentioned with Abram. I think he's very good. Uh, he averaged eight and two, but, like, decent shooting splits. Lefty, very good at getting downhill. Good at finishing once he gets there. And his jump really ain't bad. So, like, he's someone who could really grow. And I think Damon Stoudemire, a guy who played in the league yeah, quite a bit, like, and was in head coach at Pacific, which is not an easy place to win. And did everything he could there. His teams were tough. They did. They really performed at or maybe even above like their normal ceiling. So full credit to him. He did a good job. Then he goes to the NBA. Sharp guy. He's there for a reason. And then he comes back to college. Took this job, which was a little surprising, but like very good hire from Georgia Tech. Yeah, Abrams really good. Kawasi Reeves, I think, is a, another guy. Very good defensive player. His jump shot. It looks so much better than his like twenty like eight percent from three it does it looks so smooth i don't he's better than that i really think i think a good coach like stoudemire can get that out of him and maybe just bad fit at florida like i think florida it was todd golden last year i think he's a good coach just i don't think it worked but there one thing i'm worried about with this team it's inside yep they have nothing you need the um you need the uh transfer uh socon uh from western carolina uh claude He's mean, 15 and 8. He's going to bang inside, but you need him to be banging inside like he did against those guys, against Kyle Filipowski, Armando Baycott. Yeah. I don't know if he can do that. And then the freshman they got, well, 
He's fine. And Dongo, yeah, like he exactly. seems a little bit raw. Won't be able to space the floor very much at all. And then off the bench, you get the an NC State transfer that played ten minutes a game on under. You know, he was probably the third big man off the bench for uh, for Kevin Keats. So, yeah, that's certainly the the weakness. Yeah, and just because of that, I couldn't put him higher than tenth. But like I wanted to, but Stott hey, is going to build yeah. something here. And his he got uh, commit again. I'm talking about the 2024 class. So like that's what I'm looking forward to with this team. He got Jaden Mustaf, who's a top 40 kid in the country. So. Mm-hmm. He's going to build something here. They will be better than they've been the last few years. And I think this year could be a good first step to that. Look, I put them at their ceiling. They're not higher. They're not finishing higher than eighth. Um, but if they finish ninth or 10th in the conference, I think that would be considered a win. Uh, yeah. And they're definitely a team that I think you and I are both going to be betting on a couple times early in the season. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Co- at the beginning of the year, especially good coaching tends to, to win out. And I think he's going to be proved to be that. So we'll see. Now we move on to another first-year coach, Red Autry, and Syracuse. Um, I am lower on Syracuse than you. I had them ninth. Uh, Michael had them seventh. We're an eight cumulative. What about Syracuse? I, to, to be honest, I think I put him around the ceiling for me. Like I think eighth is really? about the best they could do. Um, I I don't see it. I don't see the talent. I think the coaching is it's bad. It was the worst. Power six conference hire of the offseason. Uh, an in hire from a program that has just been dying. Um, no thanks. They should have went out and got a mid-major coach that has proven to win. Instead, they get a, a Bayheim disciple. Pass. Uh, I don't even know what type of scheme they're going to run. They're not Talent's running. Not there. They're not running to 2 3. They're going back. Okay. Uh, which is weird because this lineup could run a decent 2 3. On my mind, honestly, (laughs) but they're going, man, Autry is really modernizing this program. He's a good recruiter. So I know he does that well. Uh, Part of this could be, and it really pains me to say this, but I kind of want Syracuse to be good. Cause like, I want Syracuse and Georgetown to both be really good in that game to like really mean something. And even to see like one of those matchups in the tournament, that would, I'd love that. I really would, but I think. Judah and and Epps. Ooh, that'd be fun. Dude, they're they're going to be playing early season. That game's going to be a ton of fun. You got some really good guards in that game, but yeah, I think I've, I think I was fair with Syracuse. Honestly, like I could I could see them going higher. Like I think I could have put them above. Honestly, I think my ceiling for them is fourth. Okay. Yeah, but like I don't wait, see them waiting fourth. Yeah, like that's in like a conference. 1% outcome. Yeah. How does that work? Like, how would that? What What does that look like? Well, how do we get that? Let's explain it. For certain, Judah Mintz averaged 16 points a game last year as a freshman. 16 okay. points a game. Sure, JJ Starling averaged not much at Notre Dame. That was a top 25 kid in the country. He's good, very good. That's an excellent backcourt. Those are two guys that are better. That are getting better. They attack the rim. They're tough. They're physical. They're like really like shifty guards. I like them. And they're both going to move the ball really well. Adding down to that, you look down to the roster. Chris Bell, former top 70 recruit, good shooter, long wing. Benny Williams, same thing. Good athlete too. Bayheim did not do a good job with this team. He did a really bad job with this roster. Yeah. And what? Yeah. One of the questions with this team was their defense. With the 2-3, yeah. they're going man now, but like. Would any team have defended well with Joe Girard, Beheim, and Beheim? 
The answer is no, <laughs> they would not have. That you would be lucky to get a top 150 defense with those three. So you had nothing. I don't know. I think this team's good. The glaring hole is inside, but they've got talent. They got two excellent guards and a couple wings that are solid. And yeah, I just think the change was really needed. It's going to be weird to see them not running zone when this team can run a zone, but I, I think this team is really talented, honestly. Uh, backcourt of Mintz and Starling is really fucking good. And if they're performing at their ceiling, I could argue that this is one of the best two or three backcourts in this conference. I, yeah, that'll, that'll, that's the, I think the point of disagreement is Mintz and Starling, they shot, I mean, Starling was under 30% from three. Uh, is, is it, that team, that Notre Dame team was just an outlier. Their season was dead. Bray said he's retiring midseason. He just didn't care, honestly. I don't know if that impacts shooting percentages that much, though. I think it does because there's no offensive system. There's You're just kind of like throwing guys out there and saying, go. I think that impacts a lot. Okay. But then Judah Mintz also only shot 30%. He's a really good player. Like, he averaged two steals a game. Like, he's, don't get me wrong, good yeah. player, but you lose. Joe Girard, who was an absolute gunner. Joe Girard can't play any fucking defense, and he's slow. He changes he the way shoot. that he wanted to play because Mintz is a more get-up-and-down guy. Same with Benny Williams. Same with um, J.J. Starling. Those guys are all going to re- really be wanting to get up and down. Joe Girard, you have to they play. They can't shoot. Play. I mean uh, – I think Starling's a better shooter than Mintz, personally. Maybe. Uh, it's not that hard. You just have to shoot 30.4%, and then you're better. Uh, and I think I they know. got shooters on the wing. Bell and Williams can really shoot the ball. Williams, and the puppy can they got. Maybe he's good too. Who knows? Williams was was low volume at forty percent from three, and then Chris Bell uh, only averaged six points a game. If those are your guys that you're like, hey, these are the producers, then maybe. Uh, I just don't. I don't know. It's it's not proven to me. And then down low, Nahima Cloud is, yeah. I guess, going to start seven four. Like just. I don't know. He's a body down there, but he's not going to be super effective or a force down low. He replaces Jesse Edwards who averaged 15 and 10, not getting that production. So this team will be worse to me than last year. Uh, I don't know how it gets better. Disagree. Bayheim woefully mismanaged that roster last year. That was a bad Bayheim job. We got last year. He is. Yes. Old man. Is Red Autry like a much better? We don't know. I think last year Bayheim was one of the worst coaches in college in Power Six college basketball. Okay, like early, yeah, he's one of the best coaches in the sport. I don't like him because of where he's coaching. And now I'm gonna re-rant because we, I think we've made our points very clear. You see, they're putting him on television. Oh Sick. my god, who the fuck wants to listen to Bayheim on television? Oh my god, I'd rather listen to Nails on a Chalkboard for three hours compilation on YouTube. I hope he continues to be just super like mad at the world. And, and has to be. that would be hilarious. I would be down for that. I'm not. I, I hate his nasally voice. Just pick your nose somewhere else, man. Like him and Kay, just get out. Out. Done. You're, you're retiring. Great. I loved hating you. I don't need to see you on TV anymore. Maybe show up to like a game every once in a while. Like show up to the Georgetown Syracuse game. So when Georgetown wins, put like the mic up, camera on him. Right on him. Just see his face. I just want to see that. <laughs> that was a weird choice. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'll probably tune in just to see what it's like once, but I'm not going to look forward to his games. That's for sure. I can tell you right now, no matter what, my, I will be tweeting about nails on a chalkboard. 
and just how much <laughs> I hate it. There's no world in which Bayheim is like, man, I really like Jim Bayheim on the call. And if that happened, there is actually a world where that happens, where he just gets angry at the refs, and it's like James Breeding refing a game. And I'm like, you know what? It's not that bad. But that's really the only world. You need to uh, hate on someone else that I dislike. And then I can maybe get in like, instead of having you in like nut low, I can have you in like bad, you know? Okay. Um, okay. Question. You have them seventh. I would make this bet with you. I think they're below 80th in Ken Palm. We haven't made our last bet on Maryland finishing above, I think it was six and a half in the Big Ten, or was it seven? I don't remember what it was. Well, we'll have to go back, but I am yeah. I, I would add this to the list. Uh, John, Syracuse 80th? over 80th. Here's the thing, though. I don't want to root for Syracuse. That's the problem. Other than that, I would take it, but I don't want to root <laughs> for Syracuse. Like, I really, that just bothers me. It really icks me. Where are they on Ken Palm's preseason? 105. But I, I mean, yeah, I think that's too low too. But I don't think that I like the ceiling to me is 80th would be best case scenario. I don't Give me 90th, yeah. Give me 90th and you got a deal. No, can't do it. 90, 90th, there's going to be 11 uh, ACC teams in the top 90. Do you really think 11 ACC teams are in the top 90? Maybe. I, I, <laughs> Maybe. Mean, I don't think Louisville, Notre Dame, Pitt, BC, NC State, maybe. You are starting maybe at Florida State. Maybe. There were 10 teams in the ACC in the top 90 last year, and uh, I think this conference is better than it was last year. Give me 85. Fine. 85, you got a deal. Done. All All right. right. We'll have to work out terms for these bets. Uh, Yes. Deal. All right, moving on to seventh. I think I spoiled it on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. But it is Clemson at a 7.5 cumulative rating. Uh, Michael had him eight. I had them seventh. Michael, what do you think about Brad Brownell's bunch? And, uh, yeah, you have them below Syracuse. I do. What do you think of, what do you think of them? I'm fairly surprised. We've, like, kind of been very similar on a lot of these. Very teams. in sync. Thought, like, it's annoying. Yeah, I thought, like, I remember filling out my ranking and I think I moved a lot of teams last second. I'm like, Oh my God, I hate every, I hate, this was the hardest one for me to do by a mile. This conference. Same, which is weird because the other conference, like the sec, we had significant differences and yet yeah. I felt more confident in that one. Weird. Yeah. Uh, I love PJ hall. He's very good. He's a monster. 15.3 points a game, 53% from the floor, 39% from three, but they lose Hunter Tyson. Uh, Hunter Tyson is, was so important to this team. He might've been the best defender. He was the best rebounder. And he also averaged 15.3 points a game. I think the loss of him is absolutely vital. Returning Chase Hunter is a big thing. 13.8 points a game, four and a half assists. He is your floor general. He's going to control the game. You need that. But I don't think they replaced Tyson on the wing. I think he was so incredibly important to what they do. And this is a team... That is known for defense, all things considered, right? I feel like you, Clemson, they're more defensively than offensively. Where the yeah. fuck does Joe Girard fit into that? Well, he doesn't play any defense. Any. Excellent. Maybe shooter. that's a good thing. Excellent. Maybe, I mean, they, he plays like, zero fucking defense. Yeah, but Clemson, like, I mean, on Ken Palm last year, they were 82nd in the country on offense. They need shooting. 
And so I think he's a perfect fit, regardless of the of the defense that he doesn't does or does not bring in. Are you going to play him at the two next to Hunter? Or are you going to play him at the one? Two, certainly the two. Right. I mean, he's undersized. Then you have a really small backcourt. Yeah, and he, he he can't defend anyone. You, I I I don't know. Incredibly, like Joe Girard is a very good offensive player. Excellent offensive player, I'd even say. One of the best shooters in college basketball. I think he is up there in the top 10 three-point mm-hmm. shooters in college basketball and just all-round shooters. He's a legit 50-40-90 threat. He does not play any fucking defense. None. And I also just don't – I don't trust him on the wings, and I think you need someone to really step up next to P.J. Hall and uh, uh, Chase Hunter, and I don't see who it is. Is it Jack Clark? He's fine. Yeah. Um, so what I would say is that Joe Girard's an absolute gunner, uh, Jake Heidbritter, a guy they bring over from air force, absolute gunner shot 40% from three as well. Um, up and down this roster, like, uh, Hemingway is another, he's a grad, tra- he's, he's a grad yeah. graduate student guy, but shot 47% from three. There's a lot more shooting this year. Um, I don't know. I think it's a little bit more intriguing than it was last year and last year. They're okay. They were fine. Yeah, I mean, they so they got they got third in the the conference last year. Better or worse than last year's team? Did they actually finish third in the conference? Fourteen and six. They make a very easy schedule. Yeah, and they only they Uh, only lose Hunter Tyson. Hunter Tyson, which which is so important, lost, but yeah, (laughs) but I mean, it's one guy. He's the best player. Everyone else is, but they bring back they bring in other pieces, and everyone else is back. Like. I can't see them drop to eighth. I think I had them at their floor at seven. Uh, they lose four of their top eight scorers. They lose their second, fourth, sixth, and eighth leading scorer, which I thought was kind of fun when going through it. But they lose more okay. than just Hunter Tyson. Hunter Tyson so is just Galloway is gone. Yeah, Revan Galloway is gone. He was another impact piece. They're going to be a lot worse defensively. Yeah. Like you lose your two best defenders, Galloway and Tyson. Which. You know, this is also kind of interesting. Uh, what if I told you they were not top 50 in, in defense on Ken Palm last year? They were not good on like Ken Palm did not like them last year. Not at all. Yeah. I think we, everyone kind of has this uh, feeling of Brownell teams. You're like, oh, defensive stalwarts. Where if you look at the numbers, maybe they just kind of play slower. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't say defensive. I'd say more, they're more known for defense than offense. They're better defensively than offensively. And they're just kind of mediocre at everything. Like they're just, they're, yeah. they're, there's a reason it's called the Brownell where you can be on the hot seat for five years and not get fired. Right. Fair. That's the Brownell. He might last Fair longer enough. than Dabo did there. That is crazy. That is wild. Uh, we can move on to sixth. Now we're getting yeah top six in the conference. Michael and we have wake. This is the cutoff for me between everyone else. Wake is the last team in this kind of upper, upper echelon. I'm big on wake forest and, and you are too from the, the looks of it. Um, I, you know, I really like a lot of the pieces that come in. Uh, Forbes is, you know, a, a fine, fine coach in his fourth season. Now they went 10 and 10 last year in the conference. Um, two names I'll throw at you. Kevin Miller comes over from Central Michigan. I think he can be like 
really, really good. Shot 38%. He's going to fly under the radar. People aren't going to think of him. And then another guy I'm really excited about. I'm going to leave Salas for you. But uh, Abramo Kanka comes over from UCLA. Defensive-minded guy. Mick Cronin coached him. Um, I mean, you know, small sample size. He played five minutes a game. Like, he was just a, a garbage-time guy. But I don't know. Like, I... I saw flashes when he was in there that was like, you know, you could compete at this, at this type of level. So those are two guys I'm really excited about. There's enough returning. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. They're making the tournament. Abramo Canca. Si, si, Italiano. <laughs> the Italiano. Italiano. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Forbes really liked him out of, I, he was international, but like, I don't want to say high school, but like Forbes liked him when he was coming into college. He didn't get him. He got him now. I feel like he'll find a way to use him. And yeah, yeah you mentioned Salas. Salas is awesome. I think he's their point guard. I think he can run a team, show why he was a top 10 guy. I think he'll be better here, much better here than he was at Gonzaga. I don't know why the fit didn't work. It just didn't. But good slasher, good athlete, good bas- high basketball IQ. We'll be able to pass the ball. We'll be able to score for himself. Yeah, I, I really like him. I think he is a very key addition, and I think he'll make everyone around him better. Where you lose Appleby, who was really just a scorer through and through, and to his credit was a very good scorer, but like score through and through. I think a guy who can set everyone else up, on what was one of the better offensive teams in the country last year, which is not, which feels weird to say for Forbes, but they were much better offensively than defensively. The length you'll have with Salas up front rather than a smaller Appleby to with Demari Monsato, long can shoot 40% from three. Karin Hildreth, I think they'll be able to defend much better. You have more length, more athleticism defensively. And yeah, you mentioned Kevin Miller. He's a bucket. Uh, mm-hmm. Didn't play a lot last year. So I want to see how he like recovers from, I believe it was an injury or whatever. Joe Utica, same thing. He didn't play a lot last year, but he was there, got hurt. We'll see how he uh, recovers and performs. But, yeah, yeah, I like this team a lot. They're going to be long, mean defensively, much longer. Uh, I think they're, yeah, about the same as they were inside last year. They're going to move the ball very well, dynamic, tough to play. And I think Salas can be a legit star. So I like this team quite a bit, and uh, I hope Salas is that guy because a big guard on this team is going to yeah. like change it. Because last year it was six, six even. Terry Appleby and 6'2", Davian Williamson. So this is not have certainly, yeah, 6'5", six, 6'4", six, with Hildreth and Salas. Uh, yeah, down low, Carr and Marsh. Carr's 6'10", Marsh is 7'1". Uh, pretty good rim protectors. Like, you're not going to just get easy buckets to the rim on Wake Forest. That helps a lot. Um, yeah, like, the more and more I'm, I, I, I think about Wake Forest in this roster, the more excited I am. Like, this is a tur- this really is a tournament team. This is the I year. So. I agree. Right? I agree. <laughs> 100%. I, why are we agreeing so much? I'm, neither of us were confident going in, and we both I hate this. Th- this is setting up for some like colossal fit. Like somehow, like BC or Pitt ends up winning the league. Yeah, it's really annoying, actually. Okay, <laughs> we like both kind of liked BC. We both really didn't like Pitt and NC State. So they're like, they're the two sleeper teams. Yeah, the Almanac, which is Field of 68s. Uh, deal they said and the coaches poll they had had nc state as the sleeper team in the league i don't see that at all um so i don't know what the coaches were thinking here but that they are not a sleeper to me a lot of offensive yeah i don't think there's not i really don't think they're a sleeper i don't think they're going to compete in the top four of this league but no there's not top six of the league there's just a lot of like random talent there that like maybe in your case is like yeah you know what if i was a basketball coach and i had all these guys I think I can make it work. So maybe you just throw it there. But Goodman, I believe, did the ACC. And with some of like the Almanac stuff, you see like guys really take a stand on teams. Goodman was just like, here's the information. 
I'll take like he'll throw in like a little bit of his opinion, but he was just like, here's the information. Do with it what you want. Right. Yeah. It's like on one hand, it's like, okay. Because a lot of the other guys you can tell like doing it like they'll like some of them you can tell like they gamble. They gamble. So like they, mm-hmm. here's what you want to know, guys. You're welcome. Goodman, I really I don't right. think Goodman gambles at all. I don't think he really understands that uh gambling yet. So I don't think he understands, like, we might want to know, like, little niche information stuff, you know. I think there's a lot of things uh, Goodman doesn't doesn't understand. Yeah. But um, we will move on to top five now in the conference. The Virginia Cavaliers. Two. 4.0 cumulative. I have him second. Uh, Michael Adams sixth in the conference. A disrespect to Tony Bennett. Um, I don't know how you're so low on them. Uh, I'll, I'll get in my piece here first. I, I do. I, I think they almost... I think they compete to get second in the conference, if not second, then third. I think top three. Uh, Reese Beekman is back. Uh, they lose, well, a list of guys, but Kihei Clark in the backcourt is, is the guy they lose. I think they're better without him. Now it, well, that's, it a, that's a take. He can't, he can't shoot. He's a who bad the, shooter. He's undersized. Who are they starting at point guard this year? It'll either be Beekman or I think Andrew Rohde can run the point. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to who I think should start a point guard. Okay. A guy you know um, pretty well. I hope it's Rohde because Rohde is Rody's sweet. Rohde's badass. Um, but, yeah, Reese, Beekman, Reese Beekman's back. Uh, he shot 35% from deep. Isaac McNeely is now going to be a more focal point in the game plan. Uh, a guy that played 22 minutes a game and shot 40% from three. Uh, it's just six and a half points per game. Uh, there's enough talent down low. Another under-the-radar transfer that I'm kind of surprised didn't get as much noise is Jake Groves comes over, one of the Groves bros from Oklahoma. I actually like him. I think he's pretty good and can shoot. Eh, he's, he's, not, he's not as good as his brother. He's not, but his brother was awesome. Um, it wasn't their fault that Oklahoma was bad last year. Let's just put it put it there. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, like, what do you think? Like, what about this roster screams sixth place to you? How many ACC teams did you rank in your top 25? Two. Really? Because yeah. I also had two ranked in my top 25. I did right. not even consider this team. Um, for starters, none of their guys, aside from... Uh, God, I can't think of his name. Beekman. Jeez, that took way too long. None of them are proven on a winning team. McNeely, he played like what? 16 minutes a game. Didn't play a ton. Uh, you could fact check me on that. I'm probably a little low. But... McNeely, I mean, but he was a big part. Like he played He's at end of shooter. games and stuff. He's a good shooter. He's a good shooter. Yeah. Um, let me get this out of the way because I, I have to mention this. I fucking love Dante Harris. He should be their starting point guard. I fucking oh, love Dante. Okay. Harris. Okay. You know Dante Harris well. I know you yeah. do. Mm-hmm. He's. Patrick Ewing did this kid so fucking dirty. This kid saved Patrick Ewing's job. He got him that next contract. Georgetown does not win that Big East tournament. They do not go on that run. They do not win most of those games that they won when they went on the run without Dante Harris as a freshman. And that motherfucker tried to play him where he tried to play Jalen Harris over him, who just kind of faded into obscurity and left. And it was just like, all right, Dante, this is your team. And Dante took over, man. Aggressive, defensively, quick hands. He's a distributor first. That is the thing. You ain't try to make him a score. He is a distributor first. He's a much better distributor than he is a score. He's aggressive, quick hands. He's just a gamer, man. He's just a winner. Big East most outstanding player as a freshman. Who was the yep. last freshman to do that? And it was this kid from 
Middle of nowhere, Tennessee, who was not ranked on 247. Dante Harris. I love this kid. If Dante Harris has 100 fans, I'm one of them. If he has 10 fans, I'm one of them. If he has one fan, it's me. If he has zero, I'm dead. I love this kid. I am rooting for this kid more than maybe anyone not on one of my teams in college basketball. I love this kid so fucking much. I want UVA to be as good as you had them solely because Dante Harris will get the shine he deserves. I love this kid. I love him. Everything about him. He is a gamer. He is a winner. And Patrick Ewing should hand deliver him an NIL deal worth millions because that's how much this man made him. He should thank him. And instead, he did him dirty and took Primo Spears over him. I'll go as far as to say, and I'm going to say this. Dante Harris is the best Georgetown point guard transfer in this conference. He's better than Primo Spears. He's a better point guard than Primo Spears. Not a better scorer by any means. Better setup man, better defender, better point guard. I love Dante Harris. I love him. I love him so much. I want him to be so good. That being said, the rest of this roster is incredibly mid. What are you expecting from Jordan Miner as a five in the ACC? Is he going to be Jaden Gardner? Because he's not. He can be just as effective as Caden Shedrick. Yeah, Shedrick didn't do much. They didn't play exactly, him. Exactly. But well, no, Shedrick, Shedrick played 30 minutes a game. Shedrick was a big part he of their offense. He didn't do anything. Exactly. And so they're they not Jayden losing Gardner? anything. Jaden Gardner. Who replaces Jaden Gardner? I, no I mean, sh- sure, but their backcourt is significantly better, in my opinion. Is it? It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Rody's fine. He isn't. He's not proven at this level. I, Rody, if you believe in him, fair play. And uh, maybe I have to dig into him a little more because I trust your eye for this thing. But I, I think don't... Andrew Rody is like ACC transfer of the year. Like I, I watched him yeah. live at at St. Thomas probably three or four times last year, and man, he can play. Like he he's just a, a hooper. Yeah. Uh, defensively, now he played in the summer summit, and defense is quite optional in the summit. So we'll see how that moves but um i don't know on offense he can shoot he can get to the rim good free throw shooter like he does everything you want in a wing they run the mover blocker i don't what is he like i don't know there's not a ton of freedom with him and bennett's best offense had three nba players let's not like yeah he hasn't done a ton offensively without those three nba players bennett is an excellent coach particularly defensively the pack line has revolutionized college basketball's defense that is a bigger honor than really anything I could say, but yeah, I, I don't, they don't have a ton of size. They don't have any athleticism. Honestly, Dante Harris is lightning quick, but I no, don't Beacon, think Beacon, I think you're, I think you're underestimating a number of guys here. Reese Beekman is one of the Beekman better one defensive of the guys. Well-rounded guys. He's well-rounded. Yeah. He's a generalist. He's fine at everything. Great at nothing. Maybe, but uh, I mean, I don't love I you see it in Rody. Maybe I have to dig into him a little more and I can move this team up. Rody's a guy. I don't see the athleticism. I don't see the pop. I don't see a consistent shot creator on this team. I don't. I think that's gonna be Rody. Yeah. Uh, Rody average for everyone out there, if you haven't watched him, he averaged 18 points a game in the summit last year. Uh won, you know, all all types of freshman of the year, all types of awards. He's and and their coach over there, I'm forgetting his name. But St. Thomas's coach kind of runs, you know, some more fun offensive schemes. So he was put in positions to succeed a little bit more than maybe uh, he will at Virginia. But I don't know. I, I like him a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I just there's no proven leading scorer to me. There's no real proven like dominant winner aside from maybe Beekman. 
there's no proof. You just have to crush the coach. I have some skepticism about this roster, particularly you have so many new pieces that have to learn this system so quickly, gel very quickly, and there's no true alpha. I I love Dante Harris. I hope he is that guy because, man, if Dante Harris is that guy, this season's going to be fun. He might get me to watch UVA basketball. That's how much I love this kid. I love Dante Harris. but And I don't think he starts. I don't see it. He like, should. Uh, he should. He should not. The, yeah, the only <laughs> argument is he was on an 0-20 team, and I can't counter that. Yeah, I cannot counter that. But he was an he, he was not in a role that was best for him. That team, the main flaw with that team was their leading scorers were Muhammad and Harris. Those were the two guys they relied on offensively. Neither of those two guys are go-to offensive guys. Muhammad was, and he's in the G League now, so he was not used properly. And I think he should have returned for second year college basketball, but he was clearly like destined to be a one and done. He's not a natural scorer. He can score, but like he's better like as one of those guys who you don't call a play for and still affects the game. Dante Harris brings the ball up, gets you into your sets, can annoy the other guy defensively, and I think he will do that. And he's lightning quick, and he can get to the bucket in spurts at times, high release on a pull-up jumper. But like you don't want him shooting more than 8 to 10 shots a game max. That is max, max. And he was at, they were asking him to do more than that. They were asking those two to be lead scorers, and that's just not who they are. They didn't yeah. have a score. It's just it's not in their blood. And I don't think you can ask Dante to be a lead scorer. And I don't think this team will. Don't get me wrong. But yeah, I think he is. I'm rooting for him. I love him. I love him. Last thing I'll say on Virginia is that they won the com or they tied for a share of the win of the conference last year, and they are better this year to me than they were last year. To so, be fair. That's why I had to put him second. To be fair. The Duke game, I believe it was in Charlottesville. Um, I was not 21 at the time. Duke, I hate them. Duke got screwed. 100% got screwed. They And the way the game ended, it was... Virginia was a... I believe they were four-point favorites in that spot. Duke should have won that game outright because there was like a bad goaltending call. Then they went to the monitor, and it was very clear that call should have been overturned. But the rest just didn't do it. I don't know why they didn't. Like, they gave Virginia a lot of calls down the stretch, and this is the only time I'm ever going to say the officiating was not in favor of Duke. This is the only time, so don't get used to it. Duke gets every whistle. So, like, I don't feel bad for Duke for this. Not at all. I don't feel bad. No sympathy. But, man, they got screwed in that game. Duke wins that game. I feel like yeah, they're not regular season champions. So Fair. Um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Virginia, they open the season with a couple of uh, gimme games, but once their season gets going, they're one of the – the teams that I'm most intrigued to see happen. Um, ranked in your top 25. Well, I I don't. The two teams I have ranked in my top 25, I have my first ranked ACC team and my third ranked okay. ACC we'll team. If I had to re-rank right now, I would I would put Virginia in the spot that I have the, the third ranked ACC team. Okay. What was the thing that made you like, uh, we'll get to that later. What was the what was the reason you were now higher on Virginia today than you were, say, when we did that? Maybe you just forgot to. Like that happened with me too. Well, to be honest, like I I just kind of forgot about um a couple of like McNeely, for example, is a guy I didn't really think about because he came off the bench last year and uh but he's a really really good shooter. Like I think he slides into the two role really really nicely. Uh, when I thought of this team, I thought Beekman, Rody, and then a mediocre front court, which I think is kind of a fair description. But I forgot about McNeely and Groves and Harris, a couple of yeah, a couple of the new guys. I don't know, big fan. 
you are much higher on Groves than I am. I don't see him as a formidable front court piece in this conference. I don't. Really? I barely see him as an average one. Huh. Okay. okay. Uh, we'll I, see. I, I, I think his brother was significantly better. It's like I think there is a. You are talking. God, what is Steph and Seth? Because like not even that. Like maybe not Michael Jordan to Marcus Jordan, but like something similar to that, and like a Steph and Seth. Gotcha. Um. Okay, one. I, I got one more bet proposition. Virginia top thirty. Ken Palm. No. No. Absolutely not. I, I think the ceiling. It's Tony Bennett, and if you bet against Tony Bennett to finish top thirty in analytics, that is a stupid proposition. I will be declining that. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. We move on. It's a fourth in the conference now. Fourth and third. I put them on different screens, but they're all tied with Virginia. 4.0. Really? Cumulative for Virginia, Virginia Tech, and the U, Miami. Uh, I had the, we'll go to U there. We'll go to Miami first. I had them fifth. Michael had them third. Michael, here are the two things I want you to answer as the as the Miami stand on the podcast. Oh, don't you dare label me that. I reject that label. The Miami stand on the podcast. I reject that with um, everything. I will get into it later, but just know I reject that label entirely, wholeheartedly. Do not represent me in that way. I decline. No, it's okay. Everyone needs their team, and you're, you're a Miami guy. That's all right. I decline. Miami's last three, Ken Palm finishes before the NCAA tournament. 40th last year, 62nd the year before, 138th the year before. Um if you have them third in the conference, they will have to be a lot better than any of those numbers. Uh, and they also, let's not forget, lose their two best players. <laughs> I don't know how everyone, it's like groupthink right now that everyone just assumes Miami is top 15 because they made the final four. They were down eight points with five minutes left against Drake in the first round. God, that's so fucking annoying. I, if they Drake, lose that game, Drake. Miami is considered, well, they're not even considered a top 25 team, not even on the brink of it. Well, um, let- Let's get started here. I did not have them in my top 25. I would okay. not have had them in my top 30. Probably okay. not my top 35. So wait, wait, wait a second. I'm so low on this conference. I did if not you like have Miami over time. over 30. Then you that means you have Virginia. What top top 50 top 60? All these teams to me from three to 13. Call it seven. We'll say seven. Just like a minor tier yeah. gap. They're all so similar, like within they're all to me feel like 30 to 50. They're all in that weird tier. They're all in that slump there. I think the Enfield zone. Yeah. Yes. They're in the, yes. Good call. They're in the Enfield zone. I do not, I am not confident on this Miami team. I do not like them. And I had, I just put them third because I don't trust any of the teams below them to be better. Uh, That being said, if they finish below Syracuse, that would not surprise me in the slightest. Okay. All right, so let's, let's hop into Miami. What, what about Miami is more intriguing, maybe a little bit than than the rest of the teams in that in that tier. Yeah, uh, I think the God. I do not like having to argue for Miami. I really this is the one I was most dreading. <laughs> I think Uga Poplar is really good. I think he could develop into something. I really like Matt Cleveland's game. I think he got something there. I think Nigel Pack's a consistent scorer. I like Matt Cleveland. I like Matt. He's good. He's good. Bad team. I don't know. He was on a bad team. Yeah. Now he's on a fine team and he's going to be the third option offensively. 
they're going to be able to score. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Bensley Joseph, Wuga Poplar, Norchad Omir has shown he is good inside. He can do it inside. Yeah. That being said, I think the loss of Jordan Miller really hurts because he mm-hmm. was a guy you did not have to call plays for, and he would just get rebounds. He would help out when Omir maybe would have struggled in some spots, and Omir showed he is worth it inside. I'm not yeah. super high on Nigel Pack, honestly. I think he's fine. I don't think he's great. I think he's mm-hmm. solid. I think he's not. I think he's good, not great. Yeah. Uh, my big question is like, okay, who, one, who plays the two? Uh, Isaiah Wong's gone, which means Pack will probably have to be the straw that stirs the drink. And then who's next to him? And, and I mean, that person, uh, maybe, then who plays the three? I think they end up starting. It'll be, because um, I guess you could clean that for God. Uh, right like that like this team is so top heavy more top heavy than any team in the conference (laughs) i think you need kaishan george the kid off the bench who has looked good you need him to be like really something because i do not i think this team will score excellently and i want to put them lower and you could convince me easily to put them much lower i just think I don't know. They just have talent, and it's just like, all right, sure, for now. But, like, if we did this ranking after a week in the season and they look bad against a mid-major, I'll definitely have dropped them. Like, I I don't like having this team at three. Like, how we had Texas last week, just both at third, and we're like, oh, right. God, fuck yeah, that. that. That's how I feel with Miami. Okay. Exactly how I feel with Miami. Uh, I, I think they're going to score a ton of points. I think they're going to be excellent offensively where they don't have a true alpha. They have a m- number of guys who get 15 to 17 on any given night consistently. Oh yeah, not, sure. They will not play any fucking defense, none. And I question rebounding where maybe I shouldn't because Norchad was excellent last year. I do question rebounding, but they're not going to play any defense. I don't trust them. You just, you need, if they're going to fulfill that top 25, top 15, even something about, which is crazy. This team is not in the same league as the team. I assume we have second. They're not in the same league. They're not close to as good in my mind. I think there's a definitive tier gap between two and three. Yeah. The AP poll has a what? Like 14th or something stupid. Yeah. Under heavy. Uh, I, I hate that I had them third because I really do not like, I really think this team is overrated. I think they're criminally overrated. Like Isaiah Wong was so good. So good. He was the reason they won most of the tournament games. Yeah. And they probably should have lost, like, what, three of them? You should have lost to Drake. They should have lost to Texas. I don't know how the fuck Texas blew that game. That was embarrassing. And they were a worse team than Houston. I think a a fully healthy Marcus Sasser, the game's a little bit different. 100%. Yeah. Uh, And they beat Indiana. They beat Indiana soundly. Norchad did really well on TJD. But, yeah, like, off the bench, you have no player that averaged more than one and a half points a game uh, at at the Division I level. It needs, George needs to play to his ceiling for them to sniff the ranking they have. I think the ranking they have is above their ceiling, honestly. I didn't rank them. I really, honest, I considered ranking them at one point just because I wrote down like 35, 40 teams and was just like, all right, we'll look into some of these teams. Yeah. But they were eliminated very quickly. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, okay, well, we'll move on to Virginia Tech, who was also in that group of three. Uh, we both had them fourth. We were both similar on on uh, on the Hokies, I don't know. They're a little bit more stable. They have more of a, a bench presence than Miami, but I think the the ceiling or, or the top end players of of their team are certainly worse. Uh, what do you, what do you think about them? I agree. I don't love this team either. Like this ranking three four. 
I actually like Wake a lot uh, more than most. But like yeah. this, those two, I really struggled putting them as high as I did. I don't like it. Uh, they're solid. Mike Young is a very good coach, good X and O's coach. And I don't think they're going to lose every close game down the stretch as they did last year. I think that was a fluke. <laughs> And they but, lost what six in a row, and uh, for most of that, Couture was injured, so maybe you throw yeah. that out a little bit. And he shot forty-three percent from deep, and was their, you know, second leading scorer, I believe. So uh, I don't know, or no, the second second returning leading scorer yeah. uh, with Padula in the backcourt, but yeah. uh, down low, it's a little bit weak. It's very sketchy. You need Lynn Kidd to be like finally prove he's something in college basketball, which he can. Long, athletic, six ten, mm-hmm. big. He's an athletic big, and I think that would help a ton if he hits his ceiling and can be a consistent athletic big. Yeah. Uh, off the bench, you do have some guys that like Mecky Long played 13 minutes or 32 minutes a game, yeah. averaged 10 points a game. Uh, MJ Collins has been around the block. Um, so there's pieces that, you know, they can, they can go eight or nine deep, which helps a little bit. And maybe the backcourt players can, you know, shoot consistently well. And, and then uh, with Mike White's offense, you can, I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, uh, Mike, I think the four, they were eight and 12 last year. They got 11th in the conference. And so whenever you're putting a team that went eight and 12, uh, fourth in the conference, it's a little bit, a little scary, but I think they could get there. Yeah, I think they can too. Like very skilled offensively. The Tyler Nickel kid they brought in from UNC, excellent shooter. So we have a backcourt of Couture, Padula, and then Nickel at the three. Yeah. yeah, that's you're gonna have excellent shooters, and I just think Mike Young can make it work offensively. Defensively, definitely got questions, and the loss of Rodney Rice this late in the cycle, I think is huge. I think he's very talented. I yeah, think he yeah. added another weapon to this team that they now don't have. He was one of their better creators in my mind. I think he was poised to take a huge step up. Now they don't have that, and I feel like I've ranked them much like Miami at their ceiling if not maybe even slightly above, because I hate where I've ranked these two teams. I do not trust them. I think Virginia Tech is the more safe play. They're just steady, safe. Miami, I need them to some. Perf- I need them to play like, like you remember, you follow football, like the Vikings last year, where they just kind of won all of these weird games. Just got it done, yeah. And then when they lost, they got blown the fuck out. Like they lost to the Lions, who <laughs> didn't make the playoffs for like 30. I mm-hmm. feel like Miami, like if Miami hits my ranking, they're going to win like every close game, kind of like how uh, Pitt did last year. Mm-hmm. And then the games they lose, they're going to get curb stomped. And I think yeah. they'll be like bad efficiently, but they'll just have won a bunch of close games. So they got better in guards. That is, I don't like where I've ranked out of those two teams. I really don't like it, but I don't trust. I, I like, can I really put Wake third? Well, that's the thing. Like the more I talk about it, Virginia Tech at four is, is, um, it's high. It's, yeah, it's scary. It's like, I don't, like, you like UVA, I don't really trust them. I love Dante Harris. Like, if you told me Dante Harris, like, took a step up, it's like, by God, I'll move him up immediately. <laughs> but, like, I can't move them up. I like Syracuse, but, like, I'm not moving Syracuse up. There are so many questions about that roster. Like, I'm not going to deny there are real questions there. It, I can't put them above Miami. Like, Miami's more steady. Syracuse, so many questions. Where Syracuse could finish above them, I don't think I can project that preseason. I don't think it happens no. more than 20% of the time at best. Right. I can see it with Virginia. They're just steady and good coach, better coach, better. The best unit in that game is probably Miami's offense, but second and third are Virginia's both. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. I just, I, I, I could see them finishing below Florida state. If Florida state hits their ceiling and Miami is Miami, 
I I do I'm not confident in this ranking at all, and I hate it. And this is why I hated ranking this conference so much. These two there's, teams. Yeah, there's one, maybe two second weekend teams in the in the ACC. I would say, um, and one of them, the maybe for me is, is North Carolina. Uh, I had them third. Michael Adams second in the conference. Cumulative two point five. Um, hey, we're trusting uh, we're trusting uh, Hubert Davis to get it done this year. That's that's always inspiring. They lose yep. Caleb Love, Pete Nance, Puff Johnson, Leaky Black, um, a whole bunch of production both offensively, and then uh, they lose their best defender in, in Leaky Black and replace him with Cormac Ryan. <laughs> Elliot Cadeau is a reclassed freshman that uh, you know will have to defy the odds and play really really well as a, a reclassed guy. Uh, in the backcourt and then, but uh, Armando Baycott and RJ Davis are back. And that's a, that's a great place to start when building a basketball team. Thank God we're done talking about those last two teams. Cause I actually, yeah, like I had a good going. I like this team quite a bit. Um, I had them ranked. I have to double check, but I, I think I had them top 15. I really like the construction of this roster. I, I, it's weird that I like a Hubert Davis team this much, but I like the way the roster is constructed. And I just, yeah, I had them 12 actually which is probably their ceiling. But when I'm looking at this team, yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, you have a duo of RJ Davis and Armando Baycott. That should never miss the tournament. You have a walking double-double with one of the best pure scorers in college basketball. RJ Davis just scores. Mm-hmm. He can play the one or the two, and he's just going to score. And that's consistent. Yeah, walking bucket. He's quick, smooth jumper, makes you pay off the bounce, good both on and off the ball. Uh but like both those guys command touches and Caleb love also is a ball dominant score. First guard. Those are who all those guys are. They want the ball. They want to score. That's what, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. So I feel like with this team, you need a pass first point guard, a guy who can really move the ball, multiple guys who can really move the ball and get these guys set up in good spots. And you mentioned it. I do not love reclass freshmen. Like I really don't. Elliot Kido is different. He's different. I really, I really like this kid. And if I get burnt by this team, it is because I get burnt fade backing something that i usually fade but man elliot could do is lightning quick and he is by far far and away the best passer in this high school class it is not close not close at all in aau ball aau ball he averaged 9.3 assists per game you want to know yeah. what the second highest guy averaged which granted he was playing with 24s because he reclassed probably like six 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 point yeah. two he was the highest assist by three assists a game his high school Link Academy won Geico Nationals behind him having 29 assists in three games against the best kids in the country. This kid is different. He is a he is the best passer they've had since Kendall Marshall. This kid is different. I really, I really like him. I think he fits this roster perfectly. Sim Wilcher would be this point guard if it was not for Elliot Cadell. Sim Wilcher transferred, and he knows why he did it. We all know why he did it is because Elliot Cudeau was different. This kid is different. And Sim Wilcher, I like Sim Wilcher. He's going to be very fun at St. John's, and he's going to maybe not year one, but he's going to be good come year two, year three, et cetera. Elliot Cudeau was different. This kid is something. And with some of the guys you fill around him, Harrison Ingram, too. What's his best asset? He's a wing, great passer, great ball handler, kind of athletic, but great passer, great ball handler. You got guys who are going to set these guys up. And then you fill the rest of the roster with shooters. Cormac Ryan, double figures everywhere. Fine athlete. Like, he's a shooter. Paxton Wojcik, 38% from three last season. They got shooters around them. I feel like the way this roster is constructed, with an injury, I think they are devastated. Absolutely devastated. You like, 
if you lose one of Davis or Baycott, you lose a lot. You lose Cadeau, sure. you lose a lot. I think the starting five is so much better than the rest of their bench. Their bench is thin. You need Jalen Washington and Seth Trimble to take a jump. Washington's a big, long stretch four. He fits this roster really well because he can also play the five. You can back up Baycott too. He can play the five, but he can also play next to Baycott as a stretch four. He's developing. You need him to be better than he was last season and a six foot four wings, uh, excuse me, seven foot four wingspan. And Trimble's an excellent defender. If you can bring, make him a setup guy offensively, just get the, just get the ball to RJ Davis, get the ball to Elliot Cadeau. That's all you really need to do. Drive the lane a little bit every once in a while. Just show you're a threat to do it, but you get the ball to your creators, get out of the way. And then you guard the best guy on the other end. You can do that. And Jalen Withers, athletic, talented, uh, maybe getting away from Kenny Payne and going to Hubert yeah. Davis. Yeah. It'd be better. Uh, um, one like thing for uh, North Carolina that I don't love is their rim and three rate is 260th. Maybe that gets a little bit higher um, when, you know, post Caleb love, but their shot selection to me is they, they just shoot a lot of non high quality shots. Yeah. And so, uh, and I think that a lot of that is just, you know, their play style and, and how they, how Hubert Davis likes to play. Um, and Harrison Ingram co- comes over. Who's a guy that also loves to kind of live in the mid range a little bit, not a great three point shooter. Uh, Cormac Ryan. I don't know if, I mean, when let's put it this way, when leaky black was off the floor, that team was bad defensively when, when, when he was off the floor. And now you, yeah. Cormac Ryan kind of plays that role or Harrison Ingram plays that role. Yeah, neither of those guys are good defenders. <laughs> um, Paxson Wojcik is is also a bench guy that I don't know. There a weird Paxson Wojcik thing. Shot thirty eight percent from three. There were two uh, Ivy games last year where he was intentionally fouled at the end of the game, like like hack a shack almost, because he's such a bad free throw shooter. Like he's like a fifty percent free throw shooter. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, Oh, kind of weird like it won't impact yeah. games too much but uh so i don't know i don't you trust can. him <laughs> yeah uh and then baycott down low obviously he's awesome and yeah rj davis cadeau i am lower on than you just because i don't go for reclass point guards it hasn't worked for years and so i'm, I'm, I'm not gonna bet on it but i do yeah. have them third safely in the tournament all those things blah 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 yeah, I'm probably a little higher on UNC than I should be. And I specifically wrote in my like little burb I do for myself before this. I need Hubert to coach him defense, which is an ask. And I need the bench to develop, which is an ask. But I like the way this roster is constructed, and I'm probably higher on them than I should be. I probably should bump them down in my like top 20. I'm not bumping them off, too. I think they're significantly better than Miami, no matter what. Yeah. But, yeah, I probably should bump them down maybe to like a 17, 18 range in my top 25. I had him 15th. Um, and then after thinking about it, I, I think I would move them down to maybe 23, 24 and, and kind of move Virginia up to that. 13, I mean, let's do a little exercise actually. Cause I, I want, I'm going to yeah. go through my top 25. You tell me better or worse. Okay. Better or worse than FAU. For North Carolina. Yeah. North Carolina. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm acting like those with- did not happen. I'm just acting like those didn't happen. Okay, then I would say worse. Uh, better or worse than St. Mary's? Better. Okay. Yeah, and then I had Baylor right after that, who I know you're not very high on. And then I went Alabama. Better or worse than Texas A&M? How about that? Better. Ah, oh, worse, worse, worse. Yeah, 
I don't know. They're around, they're around that range. Yeah. Yep. I had them right below Villanova. I think Villanova is pretty significantly better than them. Yeah. I'll probably, you know, I'm, I'm, you know what? I think I'm going to keep them honestly. Cause like maybe move St. Mary's up. Cause I like St. Mary's a lot, but I had St. Mary's unranked. Really? Overrated. Overrated. I had Gonzaga above them. So like there, but I like that roster. Well, we'll, we'll, that's another, another conversation another day. Mahaney is, is, is the most overrated player in college basketball. You fucking bitch. You, you bastard. That is a god awful take. Oh my god. That is that is the Mark Ingram of takes. <laughs> Mark Ingram hate on a on an ACC yeah. basketball podcast is my favorite thing about our show. Moving on to first now, the Duke Blue Devils. We both had them number one in the conference, number one in the country. Um, this team's awesome. Like uh, honestly, it's it's final four or bust with this team. I, I really believe they're that good. Um, whenever you bring back, you know, what in my opinion is the best player in college basketball in, in Filipowski, um, you're not going to be a bad basketball team. And then you surround him with guys that, you know, really talented and, and a little bit older this year. Last year, they were just all freshmen. Now they're older. Roach is the old head in the room. And now they're filled with sophomores instead of freshmen. I like them a lot. I hate that I like this team as much as I do. I'll tell the story afterwards, but for now. When was the last time Duke returned their top four scorers from a season ago? I have no idea. I feel like it's been yeah, years. maybe in my lifetime. Maybe. Like, it just doesn't happen. And they were a team that was peaking late in the season. They were much better late. They won an ACC tournament. And they got they had to play good Tennessee. And we didn't see good Tennessee for a while. Then we saw good Tennessee for one game. And then we yep. did not see good Tennessee again. They just got good Tennessee. They got Tennessee on a good day. And you, many teams are going to struggle against Tennessee on a good day. But oh, yeah. Roach, Filipowski, Proctor is as good a one, two, three punch as you're going to find. Mark Mitchell's back and can be like Justice Winslow type. You got a very solid core starters. It's going to be very hard to beat that lineup, especially with all these guys developing and getting into year two. And yeah. they're all incredibly talented. They found a groove last season. And they've got the number two recruiting class in the country to go with it. McCain, Jared McCain, Caleb Foster, Sean Stewart, TJ Power. They all can play on day one. McCain, smart player, good jumper. Foster, six foot five, shooting guard, point guard, more a driver first, but like he can score at all three levels. Very smart, doesn't get sped up easily. Stewart, incredibly athletic, high motor, power, well-rounded forward, good everywhere, not great anywhere. Probably take him a little bit to like fully adjust, but like, yeah, he, that's four yeah. or five stars. Also, they're all they're great. And they have one of the, I mean, you said he's the best player in college basketball. I would say second, but like, I don't disagree with you that much. Who would you I say? Think. Hunter Dickinson first? Zach Eady first. Yeah. Uh, is, is Filipowski more of a five or a four? Cause he was the four last year next to yeah. the He'll have to play the five. Cause I He'll think go. it's just going to be him and him and Mitchell, but um, no. Yeah. I, maybe it is a stretch to call him the best player because Edie is so, so dominant, but. Yeah. certainly top two i think he's that good he is that good and i hate that i think he's that good but i was under the impression subjectively very subjectively that the ryan young lineups were significantly worse just watching them it's just like this guy he can't move yeah but like efficiently he shot 68 percent from the field 81 percent from the line he's got a high big basketball iq and he was just kind of like his numbers were his efficiency numbers are like really good i don't understand yeah. why they just are Right. Like I, as a backup center, 
Fuck yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, I don't understand how he is as productive as he is, but to his credit, <laughs> he is. And he makes me look like an idiot. So. And then, uh, yeah, Tyrese Proctor only averages 10 points a game. And I say only just because of how, you know, hyped he was. But he's, I mean, he's a really solid player. Jeremy Roach, I'm really glad stuck around for his, his last year. And I think he could have just a mega awesome, efficient year. You know, he's, he averaged yeah. 14 a game. I don't think he's averaging more than probably 15 or 16, but I do think he's like his efficiency is going to be awesome and he can lead a team and be a part of a potential championship. Like, I want him to succeed. I don't want Duke to, to succeed. So much so, actually, that when I was a kid, and this is a true story, okay. I wrote in pen on my desk, uh, my desk at home, and it is still there. I could go home when I go home for Thanksgiving and take a picture of it. In pen, I wrote Duke is puke right on the desk. And my mom was pissed. She, she loved she it, I'm sure. Livid. She's like, oh, my God, you have to see what Michael did. He wrote on the furniture. He ruined the furniture in his room. This is big deal. Like, right, she is not happy. And I was like seven at the time. But like still, she's, she's not happy. And like, I probably wouldn't do it today, but like, I, I wouldn't object to it. My dad gets home and he's just like, but he's right. Smart like, boy. Yeah, he is my boy. Exactly. He's like, yeah, he's right. And still there today. Uh, but yeah, that happened. Fuck Duke. I hope they lose every game except for the ones I will back them in. I hope they it's lose. just like all of them for me. Yeah, it will awesome. be a lot of them. But I hope they lose every game. I hope they suck. I hope they're terrible, and I hope I am wrong. That being said, I really don't think I am. I'm fairly confident that they are the best team in this conference by a long shot, and I think they are the number one team in the country. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are three futures bets that I really, really liked. Uh, one of them was Duke to win the ACC. The other two, um, well, I'll just, I was going to save them, but I'll just throw them out there now since we're talking about it. I loved Yale to win the Ivy. And then I also loved Colgate Colgate to win the, the Patriot. Those are the what three that I'm like, Yale? sure. What are you getting for you? Yale to win the Ivy. I think I got plus plus one thirty. Eh. So not great, but I, I don't like know they, how they lose it. I mean, okay. I feel like they do, but like they aren't a team that like, I, they just, their ceiling is so capped just by the way they play. Sure. But everyone else in that conference is worse than like Penn's worse. Princeton's worse. Um, I think I think they'll be just like Cornell's not going to be great. Those are, those are the top three, other than Yale and Yale. Will be everyone's back, really. Miami is second in the ACC regular championship regular season championship odds. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, Duke at plus one forty. I think is honestly, I think that's value. I yeah, feel like it is. more than fifty percent of the time. So I'll probably when we get offline, I'll post that. But also, the best futures bet was Donovan playing in hundred to one to win National Player of the Year because he's the best player in the country. Cash it. Um. Geez, let's look at this. Actually, this is interesting. Wake Forest at 40 to 1. If you can get a waiver on Reed, I could see it. It's not terrible. <laughs> I mean, you love Virginia so much, plus 750. Yeah, but they're like, to me, there is Duke and then there is everyone else. Yeah. Um, Duke will win this conference to me, unless an injury happens. I feel like if you want to take a really like greasy shot, like we're talking like. Yeah uber invest in like yeah, chili cheese fries cheap chili cheese fries at a diner type grease florida state at 60 to 1 there's a ceiling there is a that team has a very high ceiling and you are solely yeah. betting the ceiling i would not i'm not doing it so right. i'm not giving it out as financial advice 
obviously. Don't take anything I do I say as financial. Let's let's get that very clear. Don't do that. Fair. But I see a ceiling there that like if yeah. Bob Miller is awesome and all the athletes are awesome and they can find a way to hit shots, they haven't I don't know what their ACC schedule is, but like if they can find a way to make if like they have an easy ACC schedule. Right? You never know. You never know. 10 to win 600. There are worse. Yeah. There are worse uh, bets. I am not doing it. Me neither. I, I honestly, I think I'm going to, uh, you know, I think I'm going to do the Duke one right now, honestly. Yeah. It, it pained me to do it, but like, they're just, they're going to win it. They're going to I, I think they win it over 50. And if it loses, I'll be happy to lose that. And I don't love placing futures. That does lock up a lot of money long-term, but. It does. It does. I feel like that one is significant value. So I'm okay locking up that because I believe that I believe by the time co- we hit conference play, I think they will be minus money. Yep. And then futures are just, I mean, yes, they lock up some money, but they're fun. It's fun to just have a bet and, and, and watch it long-term. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to place too many though. Like I'll place like, cause like you place too many. It's like, I got this. All right. I'm just waiting to see this money lose. Great. <laughs> Start zero and two in conference. And you're like, well, good. Uh, good job. Michael. Yeah, well, this yeah. is dead. Thanks. <laughs> but yeah, I'll place uh, that'll be. Yeah. Uh, I'll do. Yeah. All right. That's locked in officially. Just did it on did it live. Go Duke. A, a pro Duke podcast. Oh, um, pro Brandon Carlson podcast, except for Michael. So all the good things. Don't brand me pro Duke. I reject that label wholeheartedly with every fiber of my being. And oh my God. Pro Duke. God, what a what a sad life I live. Pro Duke. God. And the one season I'm like, this is all things considered, this is a season I'm probably going to be most invested in college basketball in a while. And I love this sport so much. I've been very invested in past seasons, but like we're doing this show where we're in, in three teams that I like more than most are Duke, Maryland, and Syracuse. Gross. I hated all of those teams growing Gross. up with a passion and I still hate them. Yeah. <laughs> I hate them all. I hate them. I hate myself, but that's, that's the world I live in. And I feel like it I say that all the time. Cause, but like, it's still like, I'm so sad that I'm high on those teams, but if there's anything that says my opinions are objective, it's that. And, uh, I guess I got that going for me. All right, Michael. Well, we're at, uh, yeah, we're at time here. So is there anything else ACC or college basketball related you want to hit before we head out the door? Did I mention I love Dante Harris? I love. I think once or twice, maybe once or twice. You remember, I know you remember Dante Harris from that game. I know you remember. Yeah. Yeah. The, the ridiculous. Um, a ridiculous stretch of play one time for a player that has otherwise been pretty average. I, I, I had a school assignment where I had to like go back for my uh, basketball class. So like, you know, I'm getting use out of my degree and I had to go back and it was like, we did like, a, it was like you wrote a scouting report and like you like did a shot chart or whatever that game. And I chose the Georgetown versus Creighton game. Big East tournament. Yep. Just thinking, just going back down memory lane and just thinking about that's the one fandom time I've had that went well for me in my entire life. And it's all because of Dante Harris. That man was special. He is special. Just for them to get worked by Colorado in the first. I was at that game too. They got worked. Yeah, it was it it was at Hinkle. So I was able to walk down there. Yeah. My my old man came up for that game. We would have had tickets to the second round game against Florida State, who was the one team I desperately did not want them to face. 
Well, you didn't get it, so there you go. No, they didn't get. They didn't even come close. That game was over like the second it started. It's like, ah, motherfucker! God damn it! This is the only way this could have gone. Yeah, right. So just let's picture this for a second, because I'm gonna. This is how much I love Dante Harris. I'm gonna do it again. The world was convinced that Patrick Ewing was a at least average basketball coach for like a month, solely because of how fucking good Dante Harris led that team. And how good of all people Chudier Belay played. But like Dante Harris was the leader. Dante Harris, in my mind, was the best player on that team and down the stretch. Dante sure. Harris convinced the world that Patrick Ewing was a like decent <laughs> basketball coach for a month. Hard thing to do. That a is hard thing to do. That might be an impossible task. And he did it. Uh, I'm rooting for this kid with all my heart. I he's I love him. I love Dante Harris. I love him. <laughs> I do. I I just I there's no other way to put it. Uh, he's the man. He's the man, and I'm rooting for him, and I hope he kills it. But All right. there's no bias in that, of course. We'll go Virginia, um, and we'll leave it at that. Thank you, everybody, for uh, for tuning in. Uh, the season starts in one week. Very fun. We will also be doing kind of a – it's still in the workshop, but we will be providing some type of um, betting content uh, as we move forward. So I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you later. Peace. Thank you.